Hello and welcome to another episode in our APW podcast series, which looks at UK residential property from an investor's perspective. With me today are the APW property experts, Stuart and Callum Williamson. APW advises expats and others from all over the world and connects them with UK properties. They've helped over 2,000 people secure over £186 million worth of property. So hello, Stuart. Hello, Paul. Hi, Callum. Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, I'm Paul Shearer, writer and journalist who's been working in real estate for over 15 years and have serially owned and restored property in both UK and France. But let's get started. Uh, This is a short and sweet podcast today. As we promised last week in our mooch around the April market, we're looking at the effect of interest rates on mortgage deals. Uh, Stuart, what was it that caught your eye? Um, Well, overall, in the economic situation, you know, we're still in the same place we were last week where we were a month ago where we're expecting cost of living to continue increasing inflation to perhaps if it hasn't already peaked then peak fairly fairly soon this year Um, but interest rates will start going up and we expect interest rates to go up possibly to one percent although nothing's confirmed as yet so the bank of england monetary policy committee meets eight times a year and publishes an inflation report after every other meeting with another report due out as we talk, as we record this. So the headline rate may well have changed by the time this episode is edited. But personally, as I said previously, I believe inflation is already up above 10% if they were to use the correct basket of goods to measure it, which you know they edit at their will to make it look better for themselves. But that's just my viewpoint at APW. Okay, well, yeah, the headline rate is um, 7.4% in March, the highest since 1992. Uh, It's expected to peak around 8.7%, although other commentators are saying 10%. Uh, Mm. Mortgage payments are obviously already risen because of the interest rate rise, which, as as you said, is expected to go to 1% today. Fixed interest rate payers will pay the same until the end of their deal. So, obviously... You're going to, if you're coming to the end of a deal, you're going to need to look ahead at your uh, what what the expected mortgage rate is. But what's happening in the market now, Callum? Yeah, that's right. So you know, people should be looking at, um, as you say, looking at when their deal runs out. You know, against the projected rate rises as part of of their decision making process. I mean, in terms of what's going on in the market now, if if people are on trackers, then we're seeing those rates go up. As you say, if, if you're on a fix, they're staying the same. I wouldn't be surprised if lenders don't pass on all the rate rises directly. You know, they, they actually cut some of their profitability to keep competitive, you know, because the property market is going so strong and lenders do. That's how they make their money. You know, they do want a piece of that sort of growing property market. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see all of those rate rises passed on. But um, yeah, r- rates are going up and, and people should be looking at what their strategy and what their plan is and, and, you know, potentially locking in a rate for five years if, um, you know, if they're coming to an end of a term or, or just sort of seeing what their goals are and, and what, what the lie of the land is. Stuart, last week you gave us some uh, thoughts on where you thought interest rates were heading. Where do you think the peak is? I would have said a peak would be a year from now because the Bank of England doesn't want to squeeze the life out of the economy so it won't be too high. And the natural um, recovery from the logistical issues which is really what's causing a lot of the inflation, logistical issues. I mean, you know, Ukraine's the breadbasket of Europe or some such quote like that. So 
that's going to have a long-term effect. That fertilizer, fertilizer is now 70% more expensive than it was just a year ago because of that. But it will work its way through and people will come up with solutions for it. But going back to just your point you said about you know, passing on interest rate rises, how when you've got an interest rate of less than you know half a percent at one stage and we're all paying three or four percent, I mean, how is that being fair to the consumer? It's not, you know, and banks aren't in it for to do the right thing. They're in to do the, the, the financially profitable thing for themselves. So it bears no relation to passing on some costs. I mean, boo-hoo, they were paying half a percent for money but charging everyone 3%. That's a disgrace. should be ashamed of themselves. They should really pass it on properly. And the, the upswing in banks like Starling and those sort of people that are challenging them is a great thing. Anyway, there we go. I got off my soapbox now. Thank you very much. On to you, Paul. Yeah, not a fan of banks, but uh, well, it is the big cheese in the Bank of England, uh, Andrew Bailey. Uh, he said about interest rates, uh, we're now walking a very tight line between tackling inflation and the output effects of the real income shock and the risk that we could create a recession which pushes too far down in terms of inflation. So that's their view of where it's heading. Uh, there's also a report uh, looking at then the banks, because obviously the only constraint on them is that it's a competitive market for mortgage rate deals. And the bank are looking at lending criteria, the stress testing changing. Have you heard anything about that, Stuart? Yeah, and basically they're, they're looking at making stress testing for the lower income earners less stringent so that they can borrow more. If you're self-employed, uh, or if you're on a low income, you can borrow more to, to get onto the, the housing ladder. But, I mean, this takes us exactly back to what happened in the in the 80s and 90s where people were doing self-certification mortgages. I mean, it was happy days. You could say, oh, I earn £100,000 a year. And they would say, oh, do you? And you go, yes. And they would lend you the money based on that. And if that sort of reckless behavior is going to come back, it is, as the Telegraph says recently, it's opening the door to disaster because – It'll be easy lending again and people lying because people naturally lie, you know, if they think they can get a better deal, which isn't right. So I hope they don't release it in that format. How about the government actually makes loans cheaper by subsidizing them for the people who have lower income? That'd be far better. But then the government would have to pay for it. And with all the money they've wasted so far during the the COVID, it's not going to happen. Okay. Any thoughts, Callum? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I think we should just... um we should just have it as a monologue, just edit, edit me out and we can just have Stu talking about the banks and how, uh, how it should be. We could re- retitle the episode. But, uh, but do you want to hear no, what, think, you know, I mean, another anecdote? All, I'll tell you another anecdote. It's all, <laughs> the global financial crisis, we were coming back from the um, Phuket Regatta, the um, King's Cup, and we were coming back and one of the boats, RBS's boat, was cut in two by a freighter and no one even cared because it was the RBS. And it was just at that time they'd been taken over by the government and they were still charging everyone three times the ongoing rate, even though we they were a publicly owned bank. This is why, as you say, you know, with Starling and the like, surely there's going to be people that are being more competitive, you know, and cutting what they're earning and passing it on. And so I do, I, I think, and we believe, you know, that we will start seeing some of that, you know, they're surely out of all, all of the, you know, the banks, building societies and lenders out there, there's going to be people that are willing to cut their margin because they're going to get more clients on board, which in turn is going to make them more profitable. So I think, you know, that old school sort of traditional, 
you know, lending model from big banks. And as expats and people in the overseas market, traditionally, we're not really using these these big banks and lenders. You know, the high street banks in the UK do not lend to people offshore. You need to use slightly more niche lenders. So, But you're right that the self-certification uh, was something that led directly to the the Lehman crash of 2008, uh, which, you know, some places are still suffering the effects from even now, 14 years later. But what about the actual uh, mortgage rate deals then that you're seeing in the market? You're talking about the niche lenders. What, what sort of deals do you go after? Okay, well, personally, I've just organised a, a loan myself uh, on a five-year fix for myself, which is at 3.9%. That's through Skipton. So it's quite a competitive thing for five years. You can pay 10% off a year and then balance off at the end of five years. So that's very good. That is quite a competitive rate. Going back from that, you have Bank of China, which is cheaper again. But the problem with them is that they don't take anything in ele- electronically. It all has to be sent to them. So there's heaps of good banks out there lending offshore internationally. It's just the case of choosing the right one that suits your circumstance wherever you are, are based. Yeah. And just to add to that, that's exactly it. You know, it's about finding one that suits your circumstance. You know, as as you said there, Bank of China, they're taking three, four months to get mortgages and, and still are, I believe. Whereas Skipton's, as Stuart's just mentioned, I think recently I was working with a client and, and they managed to get a mortgage in just under three weeks. I think it was about 19 days from, from start of the process to mortgage offer, which is great. You know, and a lot of people think it takes a long time to get a mortgage, but it depends who you're working with and what your situation is. And I think that is also where it's important to work with a, you know, a specialist ex- expat mortgage broker, for example, someone that knows what they're doing and, and what lenders like, which situations and which countries, for example. So it's not one size fits all. We talked last week about Halifax launching a five-year fixed deal at a lower rate than their two-year fix. I think it was 2.82% for a 40% deposit compared to 294 for the same deal over two years. Um, what do you make of this historical quirk then, Stuart? What, what does that say to you? It says really that they're unsure about interest rates and they're not backing themselves by saying that we think interest rates are going to go up and up and up. They believe that they are going to peak next year, as I so rightly said before. Just call me the guru of mortgage rates. And that's what they think will happen. So People do. And I've heard that. I thought they were saying something else. Yeah, before. behind your back. But now I realize it is guru they're yeah. saying and not the other thing I thought. But um, mm. you know, it is basically the fact that they don't believe that interest rates are going to go up in the longer term above the level that they will occur in two, two years. So I think probably betting on a 40% deposit at 2.94%, I don't think we'll be seeing much more than that over a five-year I would say that, therefore, probably 1.5% is the worst you're going to see as a base rate. Okay, thanks for that. Next week, we're going to be taking a look at Nottingham in our City Watch. Until then, it's goodbye from Stuart. Cheerio. And goodbye from Callum. Goodbye. My name's Paul Shearer. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast series produced for APW by Emma Holton at The Art of Podcast. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe, hit like, share it with your friends. If you didn't, keep stum. You can find more episodes in all your usual podcast places.